Edge is away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the ball. Melden scored. in the corner. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Our show is hosted and produced by a bunch of ex-writers for Real Sport back when they actually covered real sports. Much like them, we are by the fans and for the fans, and we like to have some fun while we try to delve into a bit of analysis as well. Before the season starts in 2023, we've assembled a craft team to run our eye over each squad and predict how their season will go for them. And joining me to talk about the indomitable Penrith Panthers, or so it seemed, at least for the last couple of years, making the grand final in 2020 and then winning the premiership twice in a row, 21 and 22, and looking for a three-peat, the first since the Eels to do it in the early 80s. Joining me tonight is Daniel Friend. Friendy, how you going? G'day, Bo. Yeah, ready to talk about the Panthers. They've been fantastic the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, let's see how they're going to go this year. Yeah, funny feeling they might do okay. Just okay, Mm. you know. Like, maybe. Uh, as as usual, we're going to talk about the player movement and their squad health generally, I think, because it's quite relevant for those top teams. Uh, of course, the coach, Ivan Cleary, some more forensic detail about the different positions on the field, as well as, I guess, trying to work out, like, are they a chance at going for a three-peat? So to start us off, we've got the player movements. Now, in terms of incomings, they seem to have been pretty keen to strengthen their their back row kind of options. So looking at Zach Hosking from the Broncos, Luke Garner from the Tigers, Tyrone Peachy, uh, Jack Cogger has come back from England. Uh, he'll be a backup half. They have lost Jermaine Hopgood, Robert Jennings, Viliami Kikau, Apisai Karoyasau, Sean O'Sullivan, and Charlie Staines. Now, reading that out, Friendy, it sounds like Bad recruitment, really. But in terms of the overall strength of their squad, as well as their succession planning, the, resign- the re-signings they've had to do, uh, the players they've had to try and keep, they re-signed Nathan Cleary last year. How do you feel about the Panthers' squad? I-, I feel like they were a bit weaker than last year, but considering they've won two comps in a row, how do you reckon they're going? They've obviously had to make some hard decisions there and let a few guys go. And obviously, Api Corusau is going to be the the big loss there. He sort of ran the real middle of the field for them. There's a couple of other fringe guys that are going to leave, and next year they'll lose Crichton Lenu. But I think overall their squad's still pretty good. And they, the important part for mine is they got another good backup half. So last year, Sean O'Sullivan slotted in nicely when. Nathan was out or Jerome Luai was out. And they've got Jack Cogger there, who's he's very serviceable and he's a real goer. So, yeah, I, I think I think their squad's still in pretty good shape. Yeah, it's one of those things where they're definitely weaker. Like, I think compared to 21 to 22, rather, sorry, so their first premiership to their second premiership, they were slightly weaker because they lost Matt Burton. But, I mean, they were still a red-hot team, with, especially with Coruscant and Kikau and guys like that. Now, again, they're just weaker again, I think. They're a bit more, but not not weak, but a bit more vulnerable, I think is probably the word I'm looking for yep. uh, for this team. Ivan Cleary is their coach. He has been the coach of the Panthers twice uh, in between gigs at uh, the Warriors and also the Tigers, Tigers legend Ivan Cleary. What do you make of Ivan? And I guess I'll, I'll, I'll front load this question a little bit because they have 
sign him long term, and which is part of the reason why Cameron Serraldo, I think, made the move that he did. If if Cleary wasn't going to leave, he probably would have stayed. Uh, sorry, if Cleary was going to leave, Serraldo probably stays. To correct myself there, but what what do you make of Ivan? And also. Is he starting to enter that sort of category of coaches that we talk about, the Bellamy's, the Robinsons, the Bennett's, you know, like these really ultra successful coaches? Like, where is he in that conversation? Yeah, well, you'd have to say he's getting right up there now. So he's won two premierships in a row, which not many people can say they've done. And yes, he's had a great squad and to do that, but all premiership teams are great squads, aren't they? So he's built a lot of these young guys up. Uh, he, he had a decent record when he was at the Warriors. The Tigers was a little bit of a blip, but I think there's no doubt uh, he's one of the top coaches in the competition now. Yeah, I think I think he's I mean he's definitely top five, right? The, the names that I mentioned, like Bellamy Bennett are all timers. Uh, Robinson, I think, is he's just in that conversation. I really do. He's in that top five. Uh, Cleary, yeah, Cleary's there. He's there with them. Again, unless someone like a Seraldo, Fitzgibbon, Peyton blows him out of the water. He's probably, in the NRL era, he'd be top 10 comfortably, I'd have to say, um, for coaches. Yep, yep, I'd say so. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's high praise. So I think Ivan's sort of had this bad rap because because he's had such a good roster that people don't want to give him the credit as a coach. Um, but, you know, I was happy enough to pick him up for the auction last year. So uh, I think he's all right. I think he goes pretty good. Let's talk about the Panthers' forward pack. Now, they still have guys like Fisher-Harris, Yeo, who are probably the best in the world in their positions. Uh, you've got Liam Martin, who really stepped up, uh, especially in the World Cup last year, but and also the grand final. I thought he had a really good grand final, Liam Martin. Uh, Moses Leota, very, very good front rower. They've still got Spencer Lenu for this season. As you mentioned, he's likely to have signed for the Roosters. It's the 27th of February today. We just heard he's not going to re-sign for the Panthers. Uh, and they have a, a bunch of guys coming through from lower grades, you know, Eddie Blacker, Lindsay Smith, guys like that. Uh, Matt Eisenhuth is still there plugging away, doing his thing. How do you feel about the forward pack for the Panthers? Yeah, I still like their forward pack uh, very highly, especially the two bookends in James Fisher-Harris and Moses Leota. I just think they're very impressive. They work hard. They hit big. It's uh, It's just a fantastic squad, and it's led by the forward pack, so... Um, yeah, I'll rate them. I don't know where to classify Isaiah Yeo, actually, because I've just, I just sort of counted him amongst the forwards, and I, I also rate the forward pack, especially Fisher-Harris. I, I do think he's the best prop in the game. But Yeo, yeah, he does the work of a forward. He, he makes his, you know, almost 40 tackles every game and makes his 100 metres. But to talk about the next part of the squad, he's also part of the spine, like very much so. So he's he's there, Nathan Cleary's there, Jerome Luai's there, Dylan Edwards... Uh, almost made the Australian squad last year. Uh, and their hooker rotation is going to be Premiership winner, Mitch Kenny, and Panthers New South Wales Cup player of the year, Sonny Luke. So obviously they're missing Coruscant, but how are you feeling about that spine? Yeah, any spine with Nathan Cleary in it, I'm a fan of. I think he's best player in the game for mine. And Sonny Luke, watch him go this year. The kid's, yeah, he's a seriously good player. He's a bit of a mix between Coruscant and Isaac Luke, I think. Um, mm. So hard running, but he's also very creative as well. And, yeah, he looks a real player to my, to me. Uh, Mitch Kenny, he whacks hard in defense. So they'll probably, yeah, I'm not sure how they'll space out the minutes between those two, but 
they're, they're both very serviceable. Uh, obviously not in Coruscant's sort of, I guess, not as quality as he is, but, yeah, both still very good. Dylan Edwards, uh, he's been fantastic the last two years. And Jerome Luai, State of Origin representative. So, yeah, I do rate mm. this one highly. Now, it's, it's interesting we talk about Coruscant being at this level, this almost unattainable level for dummy halves, but it's probably worth remembering that he was a, a very good hooker for a long time until he sort of went to the Panthers and then he went to a level. Like he just went to a whole other level. He was a very good hooker at Manly, but not quite at this level, I believe. And so you could say he's a bit of a late bloomer. Like he developed into the player he is now. Uh, there's, there's a chance for a guy like, particularly Sonny Luke, who, as you said, has a similar style of dummy half play. And he's he's a mature age, first grade debutant. Like he's about 26, I believe, Sonny Luke. So he's done his time. He's worked hard on his game. He's a smaller kind of guy. But, you know, like if, if he puts a couple of good years into this team with guys like Cleary, Yeo, Edwards, Luai around him, I mean, we could be talking about a Coruscant level player in two or three years time, potentially, you know, I mean, that's not to downplay Coruscant's impact, but that is something. What's your instinct in terms of uh, how they go about it? Do they stick with the premiership grand final strategy of starting with Kenny? Do you think? I think that's how they'll start. Yeah. And just on Sonny Luke as well, you think about someone like Harry Grant, there is some merit in going the old school way about playing New South Wales cup or reserve grade and, yeah, sort of earning your stripes there. And then when you come into first grade, you are more than ready. So uh, I think he'll go really well. But, yeah, to start the season, I think Mitch Kenny will start. Uh, he'll try and sort of blow them away defensively. He, he really hits hard. He's quite impressive. And then from there, the craftiness of uh, Luke will come out sort of maybe in the back half, the first half, and, and most of the second half, I would have thought. Yeah, I tend to agree with that strategy. And their back line has plenty of strength. Brian Toto is in the conversation for best winger in the world. Stephen Crichton's in the conversation for centre that I don't particularly agree with, but and I know that you're on the same boat as me. Mm. Isaac Tungo, I think he's the more impressive centre of the two. He's on the left side. Agreed. And, uh, and Taylor May. Taylor May is out injured, of course, uh, for the season, uh, and he's also sus- suspended as well. So I, my instinct is that they'll probably go with uh, Sunya Taruva, the Fijian fullback. Uh, he's played a bit of first grade now, but they do have other options there, including guys like Thomas Jenkins, who is a very impressive young center or winger. What do you make of that back line? Yeah, I still rate their back line quite highly, and I totally agree with Isaac Tungo being the more impressive center. I rate him highly. I think Stephen Crichton, for mine, he, he yeah, he, he'd probably have my tag of Mr. Overrated, to be honest. Mm. I think Tungo is, yeah, definitely the more impressive center, and I think one day he'll move to the back row as well. So, But I do like their back line, yeah. And, and like... Not to put words in your mouth, but more to speak to my experience, I agree with you that I think Stephen Crichton's quite overrated. That's not necessarily his fault, mm. but uh, I think he's a really good center, yep. like just a really good, solid center. And one thing that he does better than a lot of centers is the defensive side of the game. And he also has some clutch moments, to be fair, uh, to to Stephen. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not entirely sure that he's in that class that people keep putting him in. Yep. He is also young. So, you know, what do I know? I'm just some dude from Brisbane. But I, I think Tungo is the one to watch, definitely, especially being on that left side. He'll benefit from being on the left side uh, with guys like uh, Luai. Although Luai won't have Kikau there 
this year. So that sort of leads me into my next question about does that left side become far less dangerous, you know, now that they don't have Kikau there as as that that attacking focal point, that that target for, you know, them to just aim at a small half and have an offload or have like a really good decoy or something to create space for Tungo and whoever the left winger will be. Do you think that's going to like significantly change Penrith's game plan or does someone like a Luke Garner or a Zach Hosking, do they just sort of just slot in there, no worries, or do they move Liam Martin to the left? It's a good question. I think, yeah, I, I would have thought pre-season, I, I just thought Luke Garner will just slot in there and, and away you go. But just looking at them in that um, the World Club Challenge they played, I'd mm-hmm. really consider putting Liam Martin back over there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he can play either side. He, he, his work off the ball, like kick chase and chasing from marker is, is exceptional. But I also think he, he runs a really good line and he's – quite hard to tackle a little nuggety thing. So a little bit different to kick out in body shape, but I think similar effect if you can get him one-on-one with the half. And if that's the side they're going to want to go to, I'd really consider putting him over there and playing Garner or Hoskins on the right or, or even Sorensen uh, potentially mm. um, as a back row option. I think they've they've used him a little bit more as a middle at Penrith, but at Cronulla he played on the back row a little bit. So, yeah, I, I, but to answer your question, yes, it, it's it's clearly weaker without Kikau. Like, the guy's an absolute freak. So, um, yeah, but there's a few things they need to think about, I reckon. People ask me sometimes, when I say people, I mean I ask myself sometimes, that like who is the who is the one that got away for the Cowboys? And the easy answer is Ponga. Mm. I think he's the easy answer, and it might be the correct one. Guys like Brandon Smith. Well, Brandon Smith was sacked by the Cowboys because he was a bit of a, uh, a grub. Um, so that's not necessarily the one that got away. I think Kickout's in the conversation. Yeah, like they were they were using him as a as a middle in the under twenties, and they the Panthers understood that they they needed to get him out wide. And hasn't he been a revelation out there? Yep. Says Matt Nabel. <laughs> hasn't hasn't he been a revelation? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit worried about that left edge for the Panthers. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the – it was either the 2020 or 2021 grand final. I can't remember which. I feel like it was 2021. I think Liam Martin started on the left edge and Kurt Caper was the other back rower on yep. the right and Kikau was off the bench. Is that is that – am I remembering that right? Yeah, that, that, could be, that could be correct. He may still have worn uh, number 11, Kikau, but he – yeah, I think he may have started off the bench because if you think back to the uh, the Melbourne Storm grand final when they were beaten, mm. Kikau had a lot of touches early and he was just trying too hard, really. He uh, he made a few errors. So, yeah, potentially he did start off the bench in the next one. Yeah, you could be right there. And I think, to, to, to speak to your point, Liam Martin is versatile enough that he could play either side. Yeah. So I would be, you know, you'd be weakening a strength by moving him from the right. Mm. Uh, but, you know, considering how used to that left side structure the Panthers have been and how successful it's been, it's been almost Rabbitohs level successful, I would consider it. I would consider moving your best back row out there personally. Um, and then, you know, yeah, Sorensen, um, Hosking, Garner, they can fill the right side, no worries at all. Now, the next question is, I think we agree that the Panthers will be a bit weaker than they were last year. They were completely dominant last year. It just felt like inevitable that they were going to win. Like before a ball was kicked, it was just like, who's going to win this year? Probably the fucking Panthers. 
right? Who's going to challenge them? I don't know. Maybe the Roosters. And this year, it feels a bit different, doesn't it? So, do you have them as still being, you know, one of those top contenders for the Premiership? Like, do you think they can do a three-peat? I think they can, they can, and and I I think I'd be silly to write them off. Given they've got Nathan Cleary, who I've spoken about before, I, I just I just think the kid's brilliant. Mm. But I I do understand what you're saying, and I don't think it's as clear cut as last year. I think last year it was just it was just always going to happen, wasn't it? The, they were just going mm. to win the premiership, and they did it in a canter on grand final day. So yeah, but I think with a couple of losses in Kickout and Coruscant, it'll be a bit more difficult. Uh, I still have them top four. That's for sure. Uh, whether or not they're their first after the regular season, I, I don't know. Uh, probably not. But again, they they've got every chance. They're still such a good squad. So yeah, I still think they'll be right up there at the end of the year. Me too. I also have them in the top four to speak to our predictions for the year. Do you do you have them in the minor premiership? I did have them at one. I did my ladder a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'll leave them there because I'm just going to stick with that ladder. That was my gut instinct ladder. Uh, I'll leave them there at the moment, but I'm not so sure. Getting closer to kickoff, I'm not so sure that'll eventuate, but we'll see. Like we talked about for the Parramatta Eels, so much importance is on that dummy half area. Mm. And I am I'm worried that even if they do end up being a top four and a genuine contender by season's end, whether they'll be able to just like roll through teams the way they always have while they're getting used to not having Kuros out there. I've got, I've got some doubts. I still have them at number one as well, mainly because like how, how do you bet against these people? Mm. How, how could you possibly? Uh, so I, I guess I'm going to lump for them being number one again, but with a lot less confidence as we talked about, a lot less confidence. So let's do bold predictions. The last thing, in the very last preseason predictions episode, Friendy, you've got no idea how excited I am to say those words. Uh, So (laughs) it's been 17 episodes in the space of a month. It has killed me. So let's talk about bold predictions. What is your bold prediction for the Panthers? Well, I guess the easy bold prediction is they'll complete the three-peat. So we'll go with that. I'm not 100% sure that'll happen. But if we're going something bold and outlandish, let's have a crack at that. As we said, I think it was in the previous episode, the last team to do it was the Eels. 81, 82, 83, Sterling, Kenny, Price, Cronin. Uh, There's some names. Ella, of course. Um, And, you know, suddenly you might have Cleary, Luai, Edwards, Crichton, shall we say, Fisher-Harris, Yeo. You know, they could be the next team to do the three-peat. The Broncos couldn't manage it. In their heyday, the Storm couldn't manage it in their heyday. The Roosters couldn't manage it. And the Panthers, they feel like a possibility. I I think that's it's on the cards for sure. My bold prediction, and this sort of tails back into the the whole kick-out hole, I think to start the season, they'll definitely plug it with either Martin, Garner, Hosking. I would choose Martin personally, or or, uh, Sorensen, like you say. But... Here's a smoky for you. I reckon Preston Ricky. I think he starts starts five games uh, okay. by the end of the season. So he's sort of like one that's sort of come from a bit of nowhere, I think, Preston Ricky. Okay. Um, but those of us that watch the All-Stars game, yep. 
will have seen somebody that has something like there is there is something there he's a he's a unit and considering the panthers have him and considering that he could be that explosive type that might plug that kick out hole a little bit if they need a bit of punch on that left edge mm-hmm. i don't know does that feel bold it feels bold to me yeah 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 you've also got i think the ultimate plan will be for either him or maverick Geyer to fill that position oh, uh yes. have, you, have you seen maverick yeah, I think he played in the trials last year, yeah. and he was, on, he was left edge last year too, if yep. memory serves. Yep, he's a big, strong thing. Uh, he's a bit more nuggety and shorter than his old man, but, yeah, a devastating running back rower. So I think eventually one of those two will fill that hole, yeah. Well, I'm going to put my uh, bold prediction on Preston Ricky, but I would not be shocked if it was Maverick Guy either. He did look physically very impressive. Friendy, we're done. We've done the, the preseason predictions. Thank you very much. Beautiful, mate. Happy to be here. Excellent. And thank you to all the listeners that are here also. Uh, please go find us on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Like, how do you think the Panthers are going to go? Give us a rating on whatever you're listening to us on, if you can, five stars preferred. And make sure you subscribe to Above the Horizontal so that we can go and talk about the predictions for round one in the next episode. That is so exciting for me to say. But until then... Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for Real Sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Steppen, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You know what's tricky sometimes? Picking who is going to win at the Oscars. You have to get yourself to a cinema to see all the movies or at least have all the possible streaming services to make sure you don't miss a single one. You have to pay attention to all the precursor award shows to see who's winning so far. The Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, they're the pretty obvious ones. But don't forget the Critics' Choice Awards, or the SAGs, or the DGAs, or the PGAs, or the Eddies, or the Gothams, or the AFI Top 10, or the National Board of Review. Ugh. Exhausting, right? Or you can just join me for Academy Watch on the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm the host, Bo Nicholson, and I've been reading the trends, keeping stats, and seeing as many movies as humanly possible, and I can tell you who the big players will be on the big night. Me and a different guest each week will also be dissecting one of the key movies each season, including giving out personal awards and diving into them thematically. Will everything everywhere all at once remain the frontrunner and win Best Picture, or will a film seize the momentum late in the season to storm home, like Coda did last year? Time will tell. But what I do know is that as it happens, you'll hear it on Academy Watch, wherever you get your podcasts.